Road 78. 12 o'clock, don't be late. I said all this horror Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 9090 of Horror Business. Horror Business. I guess we should start thinking about what we should do for a for a hundredth episode. I mean, we brought it up first at episode eighty. We're like, oh, it's only twenty episodes away. We should start planning. But then yeah, we, we but got then we didn't we, we didn't do that. I mean, I, I, I've I have a couple ideas, but okay, do they involve nudity? Huh? Huh? I I huh? I don't I don't think so. They might. Ah, uh, well, it still could be fun, I guess. Yeah. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about two films vaguely <laughs> involving Thanksgiving. Um, first up is 1972's Blood Freak. Blood Freak. Blood Freak. And then 1987's Blood Rage, also known as Nightmare at Shadow Woods and just Slasher. Yeah. In fact, there, the print the print that's on Tubi for this is is known as Slasher. Did you watch it on Tubi? I watched it on Tubi. You know it's on Shutter. I watched it on Tubi. <laughs> I will say, okay, so this is uh, uh, we'll we'll get to it, but um, there are three versions of the film that are slightly different, but they're not. Where it doesn't matter that they're different, and the version that we saw, because I also watched the slasher version, is I think the best available, unless you have the special edition Blu-ray. But we'll talk about that when we get there. I want to right up front because we're not talking about it, so we're, it, it'll sound nice. I want to thank friend of the show Adriana Gober for suggesting Blood Freak. Uh, I think I also don't want to thank her because I don't think either one of us liked that movie, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, you know, I've been wanting to cover Blood Rage for a while, and she suggested Blood Freak. And now, granted, the Thanksgiving connection here, y'all, is tenuous. A man becomes a turkey. That's it. That's all. That's the entire connection. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it. <sighs> but I didn't want to cover Thanksgiving either. You know what I mean? No, no. And, and there no. aren't that many Thanksgiving options for horror. There just aren't. No. I brought it up. I brought it up on Twitter, and it it like there was. Not that many people, like not that, or Twitter and Instagram, and not that many people had any recommendations outside of Thanks Killing and um, someone said Blood Diner. I was like, that's not Thanksgiving, but cool. That's interesting. I thought someone brought Blood Diner up in relation to Blood Freak. I don't know because they they were I, because they were relating it to Blood Feast and Blood Diner is technically a remake of Blood Feast kind of or a sequel unofficial sequel or whatever. Either way, I was too busy trying to forget I had watched Blood Freak. So <laughs> I will thank Adriana Gober though for earlier in the week sending me a picture of an AK forty seven with the caption "Mama's new fash basher." And I was like, oh, I that's like right. That. Adriana's also like a fellow leftist who's into guns. And I was like, yeah, cool. Another reason she's amazing. So, I mean, she's the best. There's no way around that. She really is. Yeah, she's she's the greatest. So before we go any further to talk about a film in which a man turns into a turkey, uh, we should let you know that this episode is brought to you by you, our patrons, our lovely, beautiful patrons in who we 
talk about movies in which men turn into turkeys that drink the blood of drug addicts, and you guys give us money for that. We are so eternally grateful for that. Uh, we don't plan on really making money off this podcast. Um, if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't, oh well. But running a podcast does come with some costs, and our patron subscribers help cover that. So for that, we are eternally grateful. And if you are a patron and you haven't received what is coming to you, fucking uh-huh. get ass. That's not a threat. That's not like... You're gonna no, I get, get it. You're going to show up at their you. house and beat the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. And if they have children, tell them that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh, no. I know. We're, we're 12 and 13 years old. We know that. And I just run into the night screaming. Anyway, <laughs> uh, page, patreon.com backslash punks if you want to become a patron. And if you are a patron, fucking thank you. Thanksgiving was a few days ago, but I am thankful year-round yeah. for our patrons. Patriots. Our patriots? Um, oh, patriots. No. Oh, no. We've made I, the I turn. Spe- we've made the heel I, turn. Yeah. <laughs> We're secret. We've been... Re- you're being red-pilled. I'm a, I'm a Bojangles boy. I've officially yeah, become a Bojangles boy, which I think pod- means I, I wear a Hawaiian shirt and I eat nothing but Bojangles. That's First how they sold, sold me on it. It's Boogaloo boy. I don't know what that means, but I do like Bo Jake Bo Jangles boy. That's a phenomenon you made up just now, <laughs> which is also cooler than Boogaloo boys. So I don't like that you didn't yes and my Bo Jangles boys. That was a good. We could have riffed I'm, on that for. That was a good riff. I could have riffed. We could have. We could have. We could have been riffing. We could have, but the moment's passed. <sighs> This episode is also brought to you by the premier screen printing company of the greater Lehigh Valley area, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, Liam, if I said to you, I want to get a t-shirt that says um, QAnon is so 2020, uh, Xanon is my new straight edge cult. <laughs> where, would you send, where would you send me to go to get that shirt made? Well, weirdly, even though Chris Reject is not straight edge, I would send you to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. And why is that? Well, they are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley. They offer professional work with friendly, personable service. It's basically like working with your local friendly punks only instead of texting you in the middle of the night to say that they like were too busy ollieing to get your work done they're actually professional and get your stuff done in a in 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 a beyond quality manner so it's like you get the the cool vibes but also good work you get it you get such good work that instead of them texting you at like one in the morning like yo sorry i was like out doing uh a quebec hat trick which is a skateboard move I just made up, um, to do your shirt. Instead, you'll get text from Chris at a reasonable hour um, telling you that uh, I had to ignore my wife and kids for the third night in a row to get these shirts done. Even though you didn't need them by Friday and it's only Wednesday, they're done. It's true. He'll do it. So you should head over to xlvacx.com. You know, let them know that we sent you over there. You yeah, know, tell I, them. That'll give them some juice. And, yeah. uh, you know, get something printed. You know, a hat, a shirt, a hoodie, a w- 90s windbreaker, uh, perhaps with some sort of uh, uh, man uh, ollieing on the back of it. Yes. Sounds good. We know, we know so many people out there in the world who, who have a band 
or a podcast, yep. and they have shirts, and they're not getting made by fucking Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Do you have a barbershop? Do you have a production company? Is your name Paul? No, I don't. I, 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 so uh, here's the deal. Whatever it is that you are about, yo, get it screen printed at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. I'm actually, give me just one moment. I'm going to make this, I'm going to do a specific shout out. I'm talking to you. I hope you suffer podcasts. I know you guys have shirts. I don't think you got them made at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. But you should fucking do that. Hey, we're also supported by our friends over at Essex Coffee Roasters. Here's the reality. Coffee can be intimidating, especially if you are interested in quality coffee. Uh, once you start to learn about it, maybe you start to feel, I don't know, like a little out of your depth. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's good. I don't know what I like. I don't know who to trust. And then once I get the what? coffee, what's <laughs> like, it's, who to trust? Yes, this is a trust cocaine. thing. You don't well, have to, like, find well, someone you trust to get coffee from. Well, you're right, because, you know, the reality is you're less likely to get burnt on cocaine than you are on coffee. That's just the truth. So you need quality coffee. Essex is here to not only give you quality coffee roasted to order so that it's never heading to you stale, but they're also here to help you with your coffee. They want to be educators in how to make the best possible coffee at home. Uh, head over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, and not only can you find quality coffee there at an affordable price, uh, a variety of loose leaf teas, sick merch, uh, you can also find that if you enter in the promo code CINEPUNKS, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you'll get 10% off of your order. Come on. You know you want good coffee. You know you've been at home trying to French press Folgers, and it's going bad for you. And you're like, this tastes like trash. Yep, it does. Head over to Essex. Get yourself some coffee. Or I, Yeah. Just why are you French pressing Folgers to begin with? Yeah, that was my point. Who French presses Folgers? I, but somebody does. Somebody out there bought a French press and then is like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I'm I'll sure take, that happens. I'm sure that yes, happens. Yeah. So EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, promo code Cinepunks. Now comes the time yeah. when I have a twin brother. Stop. And I murder a person at a driving with and I frame him for it. He goes away <laughs> to a fucking insane asylum. I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I'm My brain is fried. Liam, what have you done involving Har recently? I mean, <clears throat> not a ton. Um, you know, we're recording just after Thanksgiving. And uh, during the holiday, it's hard to, like, actually watch a lot of movies um, because... You know, you're spending time with a family, and they don't want to mm -hmm. watch the horror movies. I try to get the kid to watch the horror movies. She doesn't want to watch the horror movies. I try to get my wife to watch the horror movies. She doesn't want to watch the horror movies. So it's hard to get the horror movies in. It's not always easy. Yeah. However, I did manage to squeeze in a horror movie. I watched that movie Run. What did you think? Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Run is directed by Anise, uh, Anish Chiganti. Uh, has star Sarah Paulson uh, and friend of the show Pat Healy. There's other people too. There, you know, Pat Healy doesn't have a big role, but I just love Pat. So, as far as I'm concerned, it also it co-stars Pat Healy. Yeah, just like you were in Creed. <laughs> well, slightly larger. He has a slightly larger role than what I had in Creed. Um, 
Anyways, point is this. I thought it was okay. I get why. I think there's been a significant amount of pushback on the movie. I get that. I don't know. I thought it was all right. I, I, I think there's a certain level at which if I was maybe more naive, I might have enjoyed the movie more. You know, the, as soon as it starts, I, I'm not going to ruin this for anyone, but my I'm going to say for most listeners, as soon as it starts, you have a strong guess as to what's going on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just it, it, not all the details, but most of what gets revealed. I'm like, yeah, that's that that seems right. That's what I guessed a few minutes in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there was I, I, I thought it was done well enough where it's still I won't liken it. It didn't have the same impact on me that, say, the opening night of when I went and saw uh, the Winter Soldier. I knew who the fucking Winter Soldier was, but when the mask gets knocked off and it turns around you're like oh shit it's Bucky like even knowing who it was going into that at that part I was still just like holy shit so this movie had me invested in it enough where even when the quote unquote revelations came everything that was going on I was still like oh shit like the stuff with the college admission I was like blown away by that like all the little quote unquote reveals like this movie did a good enough job where and I was invested in these characters where, I don't know, it just, it, it, I, I was just like, yes, of course. Like, I wasn't, like, shocked or there wasn't a twist. It was sure. just, like, cool. Like, I could see this coming, but it's still, like, you know, like, at the end of Deep Impact, Tay Leone can still see the wave coming off the Cape Hatteras, and it still kills her. And I'm being very melodramatic right now, but my point stands and I won't retract that statement. All of these references are ridiculous, by the way. But I will say this. I did find it more compelling than not compelling. Um, and I think I liked it overall. I I hated the ending. I, I, was, won't, I won't say that how predictable it is made it a bad experience but i think i might have enjoyed it more if i wasn't like okay all right i know what's going on here you know what i mean like i i, I think uh i think uh you know it, it, it if you can avoid if you're someone who can avoid whatever spoilers and you don't you know you're less inclined to kind of pull that apart like i think it'd be a little more enjoyable for for me it was interesting, and, and I kind of love Sarah Paulson. Like, I just think she is great, and so yeah, she's amazing. I'm just kind of moved forward by her, but I don't know. It's I it, it didn't quite reach the level for me of what you're saying, where I was like, you know, feeling hit by the surprises or feeling super invested, which is maybe why I didn't hate the ending because I think if I was more invested in the character, then maybe I would see the ending and be like, well, come on, whatever. But the, I don't know the, 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 so again, we don't want to spoil anything for y'all, but there's a stinger. Let's not say just the ending. There's a stinger. And I'm assuming the stinger is what you didn't like. Yes. The ending I thought was fine. It's fine. Um, it's not great, but it's fine. No, no, no. I, 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 the ending I thought was like, that is how this movie sure. should have ended. Yes, yes. But it's the not. It's not amazing. Like, it's not what? amazing though. But the stinger. It's fine. The, the stinger didn't bother me. I think because I was less invested than you were. Because when the stinger happened, to me, the tone of the stinger is the tone of the whole movie. Hmm. I think the whole movie has a bit of a edgy sort of like. 
you know, not full fedora, but floating, flirting with a fedora vibe to it. That's my take on the film in general. And so when that happened, I thought, yeah, that that works for the movie. That's about where we're at with it. I also love the fact that it takes place in the Stephen King universe. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, so run. I thought it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I just think that I, when people have been like not into it, I'm not surprised. I think it's if it doesn't work for you, it's really it's one of those movies that's really not going to work for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I just didn't. You know, I as soon as that moment happened, the stinger at the end, I. uh, I was like, oh, I bet people hated that. And then I immediately went online and saw how many people hated that. But it didn't, it just didn't bother me that way. I don't know. I guess I was also, I don't feel like there's a good way to discuss it without just pulling the, the veil off. And the movie's just a little too new for that. You know, I, I'll, I got you, I'll yeah. spoil the shit out of a 2019 movie at this point, you know, especially 2018. Fuck you. Here's what happens at the end. But How, uh, how, how did Infinity War end? Oh, I don't know. I don't care about that. But, um,. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, people just turned to dust. That's how that. That's how that ended. Also, that's what I heard. also Thor should have stabbed him in the head, which is like I, <laughs> he really should have. I actually did watch that movie with my grandfather the other day, and he was just like, "No, that's not the ending." And I was like, "No, that's the end, Pappy." He's like, "The bad guy wins." I was like, "That's what happens sometimes, Pappy." Sorry, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. Did you, did he not know that there's another movie? Of course not. He's fucking 90 years old. <laughs> so you the basically only, were gaslighting your grandfather is what you're old, telling well, me. Well, no, about. I mean, I told him, like, there's a... No, but I didn't bother... I'm not going to try to explain this shit. You know what I mean? Like, like he was like, okay, Captain America's okay, so I'm fine, because that's the only character my grandfather knows in those. Right. It's like Captain America, and, like, he vaguely knows who Bucky is, but he's like, I don't... The, why is Bucky have a metal arm now? Like, what? And just from, like... Like a few weeks ago, we watched the Black Panther because he likes Chadwick Boseman, and he was like, "Oh, the the, the Black Panther died." I was like, "I know, Pappy. It's you know, it's life. <laughs> Happened in real life too. It really sucks." Um, I, I kind of like the idea that you'll never show him uh, the next one, and so he'll just be like, "I guess that's how all the Marvel movies ended. Just half the well, people I mean, died, and that was it. If Let's it's move on, on. We'll watch it. You know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> if it's." If it's all because that's what happened with Infinity War, like it was, we, we turned it on literally as um, Tom Hiddleston was being choked, and then we had watched Thor Ragnarok the other day, and he liked that, so he's like, "Oh, that's that's the guy with one eye," and I was like, "Yeah, that's him, Pappy." Yeah, and then we just watched it, and he was confused by everything that didn't involve like Wakanda and Captain America, because like, why wouldn't he be? But yeah, I mean, the the ending, he was just like, so that's it? Like, everybody's just, they're just, half the world's dead. I'm like, half the universe, Pappy. I feel like you're gaslighting your grandfather. I'm not. If, it's, <laughs> if Endgame is on, we'll fucking watch it. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all I got is run. Uh, I haven't really, the you know, I'll actually, I'll solicit from the audience here. Uh, I, wanna, I want to watch a spooky uh, show. You know, I mean, you know, I, movies I can find on my own, but, uh, you know, I, I want to check out some more spooky shows and I don't know. There's just none that sound interesting to me right now. So um, if you all have a favorite, let us know. Word. How about you, Justin? Uh, I've watched three films uh, since we last recorded. Um, the first one I expect a little pushback from and I'm willing to, I'm ready to defend myself. I watched a film called Come Play. 
It's like a big budget theatrical release. The trailer looks really hokey. It looks like a second rate Babadook. But it's really fucking good and it's really fucking scary. I haven't watched it yet, so I have no idea. I don't have an, I don't have any pushback on you. I will say that you are literally the first person I've heard say this. So now I'm kind of torn because I kind of want to watch it because you said it was good, but I kind of don't want to watch it in case I hate it, and then I gotta you know come at you about it. Well, um, I'll say this about it: uh, it's the first, no, not the first horror movie. It's the first horror movie I've liked. That's featured an, an autistic child that where the autistic child was played as an actual human being and not as like some sort of strange MacGuffin that may or may not have superpowers. Sure. Uh, and it was like, it, it was like I, I think they may have actually gotten like an autistic kid to play the role, like a like a high functioning autistic kid. No, but I mean, it was uh, it was just I don't know it it. it it, it it checked off all the boxes I wanted from like a from like a like a big like a major studio scary movie, so I can't complain about that. Uh, then I watched a movie called Vigil, or is it Vigil or The Vigil? The Vigil. Um, that was uh, deeply upsetting and, and and deeply depressing. Just a movie about uh, I don't know the term. There's like a Yiddish word for it. Is that when a um, I think it's in in the Hasidic sect when someone dies um, you have to sit with the body while it lies in state Shiva and what's that? Shiva you sit Shiva yeah 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 and uh, so it's just about that you know there's a character who is um, as the film unfolds you, you realize he's had a bit of a troubled past um, he has a series of mental health issues um series of losses going on in his life not in a good place and as the night progresses shit gets out of hand because of like various well not various it's one thing but no it it was it was upsetting in a way that i like my horror films to be upsetting in which there's merely the suggestion of of the horrific and we don't necessarily ever see the horrific Sure. But it still succeeds in creating that really dreadful expectation in you. Um, and there are certain films that do that to such a level that, for me anyway, that horrid expectation is equal to seeing something visually upsetting on the screen, if that makes any sense. It does, but what you're saying is no one has their dick cut off? No, unfortunately, no. There's Bad. no castration then it's, then in the film. It's gonna be a B minus. No, I know for it's me. weird. I mean, it's it, it's just a movie that it's it's one of those rare films that can, like it made me upset in a way that um, Jacob's Ladder at its darkest, without the horrific imagery. That's the way this movie made me feel. That you know, you know what I mean? Like that really, like truly uh, entrenched sense of existential fear. And anxiety and terror. Sure. Yeah. No. And, then, and, and as soon as you said it, I knew what you were saying. I just wanted. Yeah. yeah. To, you know. And 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 on top of that, there's these. There. You know, the character is like, um, you know, at one point he like runs out of his medication, or realizes he hasn't taken his medication, which is something you know I've I, I've had days where I've been like, why do I feel like my skeleton is trying to like claw its way out of my mouth, and I'm like, 
forgot to take my fucking meds. So there's like scenes where he's like trying to get a hold of his doctor, and it's like I can completely relate to that. Um, and also, it's you know, it, 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 there, there's the touch of the you know, you can't trust your own sense of perception, which is fucking terrifying. Um, but no, it's called The Vigil. Uh, it's a solid movie, and I definitely recommended. And then today, literally like an hour ago, I finished this. I watched a little movie called Porno. Oh, yeah. That's a movie that we had first heard about at Brooklyn Horror Film Fest, and I've wanted to watch it since then and just never got to. I will say within five minutes, we hear a uniform choice song, so you know we love it. And then there's like a whole bunch of really carefully um, not so subtle, but also like cleverly constructed criticisms of like the evangelical right um you know it takes place in like 1992 so we're like right on the tail end of like we're either right in the beginning of the or no we're at the end of the the bush the, the first bush administration so we're basically at the end of the reagan administration so all this uh this like fundamentalist mindset is like heavy set in this country um, and it's like right before, you know, Gingrich and his fucking band of ghouls started ruining everything even further. You know, I know people are probably going to say that I liked it just because there's some like insane straight edge dude in it. Um, but there was actually like a lot more to it. Like it, it, it had like a real sense of like camaraderie between these kids um, and a lot of realization that like evangelical Christianity is full of shit and it's often like deeply hypocritical. And its most vocal followers are oftentimes like the worst people imaginable who are not just because they're like judging other people, but they're also like doing this, this, these things that they consider to be like these grievous sins. And it's got like cool devil shit in it. So it's, you know, it's got, it's, it's, it's got a little bit of, it's got a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. All that sounds great. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break and we come back. We are going to talk about 1972's. I like how on Wikipedia it's just an American horror film. It's not like a structuralist, postmodernist, art house thriller. Hip, I would say hippie grime movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Turk exploitation film. Oh, gosh. Uh, Blood Freak. We'll be right back. See Blood Freak, horrifying addicted monster whose thirst for an addict's blood will lead you to a horror beyond belief. Blood Freak, to survive, addicts must die.
See, blood brings horrifying revenge for the woman he loves. We are back to talk about 1972's Blood Freak. Liam, what's this movie about? Oh, man, Justin. Oh, man. So there's a biker dude. The biker dude meets a young lady who turns out to be a Jesus freak. Uh, and weirdly, that young lady's sister and all of her sister's friends are uh, druggos, dr- drug beats, junk junkheads, junkers. They're wasteoids. Weedians. Weedians. I mean, if only they were weedians, I feel like weed is the least of their issues. Anyways, even though he falls initially for Jesus Girl and she gets him a job at a poultry farm, he eventually ends up with her druggist sister and... Um, a series of events happen involving him using drugs and the farm he gets a job at experimenting on turkeys and experimenting on him. And for whatever reason, these drugs do two things. One is they transform him into a giant turkey head man. And two, they give him a thirst for drug-tainted blood. And so you get the feeling that not only is he drinking blood as a giant turkey man, because he's this is how he's living, like, food-wise, he also needs it to be drug-addled blood so he can also get his drug fix. And then and then things go awry for a while. For a while. <laughs> but there's a happy ending, so... Yeah. I just... This fucking movie <laughs> is fucking stupid on so many levels. All right. See, here's the thing. There is... This movie is a low and slow pitch to fucking riff on it and be like, this is why me and Liam don't do drugs, because you'll turn into a fucking vampire turkey. I mean, this is, you could argue that this is like, uh, there is an argument to be made, and I don't think this is true, but there's an argument to be made that this is the straight edge vegan movie. (laughs) Because it's the only one that combines both drugs and meat as an evil. He, I he, guess he, he 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 gets sick because he is addled by drugs and then eats drug-addled turkey meat, and that's what turns him into the bloodthirsty turkey monster. I mean, on one hand, you're right because that is what happens when you do drugs. You you turn into a turkey vampire. Yeah, I mean, I, you're you're being too. You are not uh, representing this movie properly by calling him a turkey vampire, because if he had become a turkey vampire, that would be more dignified. Instead, though he has a a thirst for drug-addled blood, he doesn't have the useful fangs, let alone other powers that come with being a vampire. So he's got to just string these uh, drugged-out hippies, these, these various hair types... You know, string them up by their feet, cut their throats, and just sort of sloppily lap the blood into his beak. This, oh my God, this <laughs> fucking movie 
I, you know what though? The more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, did I like this movie? Okay. Because because watching it, I'm thinking, God, this is a fucking chore. But describing it to you, I'm like, it sounds kind of cool. I don't know. It's maybe I'm too uptight. Maybe I'm too square, as the kids are saying. But there was just something about this movie that there's often a charge leveled at films like Friday the 13th, Sleepaway Camp, or any number of slashers where, like, they advocate, like, a puritan mindset, and they're like, if you have sex, you're bad. If you do drugs, you're bad. And... I think it's a bit of like that's like a, like a like a hack bit amongst critics at this point. It's like low hanging fruit because it's like, sure, I mean, fine. It's a stereotype, but whatever. This movie actually made me feel somewhat uncomfortable because it was almost saying that like if you do drugs, you deserve to be strung up and have your throat cut and. You're riddled with, or your 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 drug-addled blood is then consumed by a turkey monster. I, I mean, look, Justin, I, I deserve is too strong a word, but it's just the natural result. Look, Jesus girl was there, and she made it really clear that she doesn't judge them, but she's ready at any time for them to accept Jesus. And then if they accept Jesus and become Christians, then they can run a poultry farm where they run illegal experiments on random hippies they have working there and get them to turn into drug thirsty turkey monsters. I mean, that's the, 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 the most ridiculous aspect of this movie having any sort of moral compass, which I don't know that it does because I think there our narrator is supposed to offset any feeling that there's any actual ideology at work in this movie. But if there is any, it's certainly askew when the evil forces that actually turn him from, you know, a mildly drugged up biker, right? He's not, He, my man isn't shooting heroin into his dick, y'all. He's like smoking some hash, maybe snorting a thing here and there. But he's not, you know, he's certainly not like uh, the, he's, like, he's, he's not the climax of Goodfellas or anything like that. No, he's like Dennis Hopper in elementary school. <laughs> sure, sure. So, uh, you know, he's just doing whatever. And then he's also holding down his job. He's good at his job, actually. But they, you know, they're like, well, if you want some extra money, we have some experiments. Experiment one, he eats a turkey and he turns into a turkey monster. It's not even fair in a way as like a vegan metaphor. You know what I mean? Like it would make more sense if he was like really getting into eating all this. For all we know, he was a vegetarian and he was just eating some turkey for extra money. And bada yeah. bing, bada boom, he's a turkey monster. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not even, I, I don't even, I, I don't even think it's fair to, to, to critique this film on a technical level because it's, that's just like. Okay, th- there are listeners here going to understand what I say when, uh, when we say that this is movie is, is a schlock film. This is schlock filmmaking. I mean, to give you an idea, the biker character's name is Herschel. Clearly, because of Herschel Gordon Lewis, you know, and yeah. this is this is his legacy. This is the this is the house that Herschel built, right? These are these are uh, struggling actors, you know. Uh, our main dude started his career playing Tarzan in Spanish language rip off Tarzan movies where when they were translated into English they'd have to just call him Zan because they didn't have the rights to the name Tarzan so uh, that's where this dude's career started (laughs) and he not only stars in this film he co-directed it and co-wrote it you know 
I don't, actually, I don't know if he co-wrote it, but he definitely co-directed it. So, you know, they, uh, to give you another idea, part of the IMDb trivia, it says that the star and co-director of this film refers to this movie as a very dark period in his life. Uh, well, that seems depressing. Where's his life out now? Oh, he lives in Florida and owns a ton of exotic animals. And one time the cops shot his tiger because it got out of his house. Uh, and then his Whoa. house caught on fire. But this movie is the low point of his life. Not when his house caught on fire two days after the cops shot his tiger. No, 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 I no. Just... That was not the low point. Making this movie was. I don't know. I See, it's like... I don't even know. Like, there's no way I could. Okay, fuck. I'm just gonna say it. this is gonna make me. This is gonna make me sound like super fucking pretentious. I don't. Give I mean, a shit. you are though, so that's. I fine. am. Yeah. So it's cool. Uh, when David Lynch says that like Eraserhead is his Philadelphia story, and it sums up how he felt while living in Philadelphia and all the anxieties he felt. I I I'm not the biggest Eraserhead fan, but I watch that movie and I'm like, okay, I see that. Well, sure, whatever. But, like, what fucking darkness? Like, what was this guy do? Like, uh, w he wasn't working particularly hard in this movie to make it a dark period in his life. Like, what, oh, I'm sure. I, I think the, the, I think your feeling on it that this is definitely a anti drug movie is not the vibe they were going for. I suspect the low period in his life was the various intoxicants helping him to make this film. Like, I think that everyone on this set is actually high the entire time, not just the actors, but the people behind the screen. For all I know, the old man Jesus head who runs the poultry farm is actually shooting heroin into his balls. I don't know. Do you think that that scene when there's that guy injecting that girl with he shoots her up with heroin and then the turkey kills her do you think they were actually doing a drug uh i mean they might have been i have no idea i don't think so it didn't look it didn't look that realistic to me honestly i don't know what it looks to... like I'm, I'm not a, i'm not a druggist i don't know what it looks like you've had a needle before that you've undergone medical treatments before i i i, I always look away <laughs> I can't, it just makes me sick i can't stand it Oh, as a diabetic, I'm very familiar with needles of various kinds. So, um, no, that that part didn't look very realistic to me. But you know, if 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 you were like, yeah, but they were both tripping balls when that scene happened, I would believe you. You know, like I think this was like a party set. But that's neither here nor there. Here's the thing: there are people who enjoy horror movies and i wouldn't just say horror movies either but there are people who enjoy movies partly because they are like schlocky and weird you know like if you're someone who is a big ed wood fan you know or possibly even a big herschel gordon lewis fan though i would argue that what herschel gordon lewis kind of brought was a lot of the like effects like some of some of the stuff in his movies is actually fucking gross you know so even if it's like ham-fisted you're like yeah but that was kind of fucked up that one part you know what i mean yeah yeah there's nothing like that here when he's cutting the throats and lapping the drug blood into his turkey beak that's none of that you're at no point are you like oh look at the ingenuity of this low yeah. budget filmmaking that, that's not here but um for if you're someone who's looking for something ridiculous that you can just laugh at i do think this my my criticism, I think, is less essential of this film. It's more that I find it. I find the pacing before we get to the turkey monster parts to be 
difficult for me. And I don't find our main guy, who's kind of got to carry the film, right? Like if, if Herschel doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. I don't find Herschel compelling enough to carry this movie for me. I will say there is a drug dealer character which i love it this time like you could be a believable drug dealer and you just look like a math teacher who happens to have like a silk shirt on you know what i mean like just a bald <laughs> guy, guy with a mustache sucked. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but, that it, guy's... but you know it, it later on drug dealers look like video game characters you know like when you have a movie yeah your drug dealer has to look like something from a video game here it's just he's like he's you know he just he just looks like a guy who's like i'm gonna put this silk shirt on to relax a little bit you know what i mean like he just is like a normal dude that dude in the story sucks. I like that actor though. I find his his performance compelling, you know. But you know, both our sisters are bad. Um, there there's a little bit of humor with the test guy. So at the poultry farm, apparently the poultry farm only employs the head, the guy who owns the farm, <laughs> our man Herschel, who's now in charge of all physical labor, <laughs> and then two <laughs> scientists who are doing experiments. W- what was upsetting to me, side note, when that happened is my first thought was, oh, that's weird. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't know how inaccurate that is, actually, considering the sort of weird shit they were doing to chickens at this time to try to grow them in weird ways and pump them full of hormones and shit. I mean, I say at this time that they've been doing since this time and continue to do to create these fucking genetic mutant chicken that everyone's so stoked to eat. Maybe that's not inaccurate that the poultry farm's like, yeah, sure, we got one guy to do all the shit, but we need two other dudes to do the science stuff so anyways those guys are kind of funny i think they're kind of amusing and i think that you know some more time spent with them could have been good but the the for me the movie being stupid like it is it's like i said it's a schlock film it's not it's a step it's a mild step above playing nine from outer space you know what i mean like it's like a very ridiculous kind of story ridiculous movie very low budget no one really seems that professional whatever but the guy who played herschel i think his name is steve hawks i think it's his name um he's acted before granted he's acted in movies where he just was a guy with his shirt off for the most part but still he's acted before and he feels as not professional as everybody else. And I feel like if he had a little more, I don't even, he thinks he needs to be professional. If he was a little more campy, if he, he just doesn't do anything interesting the whole movie. And so, you know, obviously entertainment is actually not the only reason to watch a movie, but it is the only reason to watch Blood Freak, you know, is to be entertained. And I just felt like there were stretches of the movie that are, just boring just not engaging enough for me and i don't think the joys of the paper mache turkey head that he wears are enough to justify the rest of the film do i think the parts where he's wearing a turkey mache uh paper mache turkey head turkey mache that's what we'll call it from now on where he's turkey wearing a, a turkey mache head and he is pouring fake blood into his mouth that he cut a hippie for do i think those parts are kind of cool yeah, I do actually. I actually think those things are kind of cool. And if there was more stuff like that in the movie, I might actually think it was pretty good. But that's like uh that's like some really good frosting on a mediocre cake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, it, the cake's like burned and they're like just put frosting on it. You're like, "Yeah, but it's it's still shitty." Yeah, I don't Again, I I don't want this to be a a uh 
verdict on schlocky movies, uh, uh, and certainly not on low budget horror. You know, like friend of the show Doug Tilly. You know, all he does is uh, with his other show is is like no budget horror films, and some of those are really fun. Like I don't want to write it off altogether, but this was for me. There needs to be a balance of pain to pleasure and this just wasn't there for me um again not the worst thing i've ever seen by any stretch of the imagination but i just wanted it to be a little more over the top i got you and it wouldn't have been that bad to do it like just a few more ridiculous scenes or maybe like a drug orgy would have helped or some weird shit at the chicken farm poultry farm you know i mean i don't think the budget would (laughs) have The budget wasn't there for this, but I was really hoping for some sort of like strange. I mean, although you could argue that the entire movie was this, some sort of strange psychedelic, like secrets of Nim sequence where he's really seeing some shit, and it's like kind of like altered states with the overlaid uh, gels on the on the on the film and all that. But you know, what do you want? I mean, this is definitely a movie where they they had financers and they pulled out the last minute so the star and the director paid for the whole movie like they were also the producers basically because they had to pay for the whole thing out of their own pockets so you know there is something to respect about low budget filmmaking but you know in that sense it's not that different than when we talked about Juan you know it's not offensive like Juan is but the idea is yeah it's cool that you made this movie you know despite all odds but there's not enough here for me to feel sucked in, you know, um, and, and, and that's again, even with a guy like this. If if this movie was boiled down just to the sequences where the uh, turkey mache head is and he's he's bleeding these hippies dry, that was pretty fun. I liked that. That was like a that was cool. I liked all those those parts. But that's not the whole movie. That's a very small part of the movie in the grand scheme of the movie itself. You know. Yeah. All right, I guess that's Blood Freak. Look, if you like the idea of a weirdo hippie movie that then has a couple of strange things in it, then you might like this. I don't want to write this off for people, but if you're someone who's like, oh, look, if my horror movie has a little bit of a budget and effects, oh, buddy, steer clear. This is not for you. This is not for you. to. You're not going to like this. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I guess we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 19... 87's American slasher film Blood Rage <laughs> I, I don't know why I did like a vague Frank Oz voice there but you know that's that's what happens we'll be right back looks like you're gonna get a chance to meet the rest of the family my psychotic brother just escaped I bred everybody <laughs> here's to the new family Find something for you to do. Looks like you two have had quite a party. Here I am. 
think that you should go home too because there's a bad person out here tonight. Okay. So go home and don't let anybody in. Okay. Hi. to talk about 1987's American slasher film directed by John Grismer, Blood Rage, also known as Nightmare at Shadow Woods and Slasher. So a quick note on versions, and I only discovered this from talking to people on Twitter, so I don't want to come across like I know what's up, but basically what happened was I, I went to watch the version that was online first, and that title card came up, Slasher, and I was like, I don't think I've seen that before. So then I went to watch the Blu-ray I have, and what had happened was, what had happened was, I loaned the special edition Blu-ray from Arrow to Josh Alvarez almost four years ago, just about three years ago, and he never watched it. And in fact, the reason I was um, sort of annoyed at him was because he, uh, right when I was about to watch it, he was like, hey, have you ever heard of this movie Blood Rage? I checked it out on Shudder. It's really good. And I was like, motherfucker, I loaned you that movie three years ago. You've had my version for so long, I bought another copy. (laughs) So when I went Uh. to watch this movie, I'm watching my new copy of Blood Rage. Well, it turns out, right, there is a uh, there's the original home video version, which the most complete home video version is now under the the header slasher, uh, and that's what's online everywhere. So if you stream this movie, you saw slasher. And that's m- the the almost most complete version. The absolute most complete version is only on the special edition Blu-ray, where what they did was they have a cut where they combine Nightmare at Shadow Woods with the blood rage slash slasher version and that's like uh it, but it's only like five more minutes it's not worth worrying about too much it's only worth worrying about because i loaned him again loaned him didn't mean to give him this movie and now because it's a special edition that has that feature those are going for like 90 bucks on ebay oh fuck so i'm like 
I got to hit Josh up and get my fucking movie back. He can have this one, you know, but it's just, it's so upsetting to be like, I loaned it to him and he never watched it. And then he only streamed it because friend of the show, Rob Scavarla tweeted about how good it was. And I was like, oh yeah, I thought it was good too, Josh. When I put it in your hand at your house, jerk off (laughs) such a piece of shit. Anyways. I mean, I love Josh. That's whatever. But it's just funny. So uh, all that is to say, if you've only seen this movie as Nightmare at Shadow Woods, you've missed out on all the fun gore. That version does not have gore in it. It has some extra scenes that uh, are okay, but they're really short and they're not really whatever. Um, And then if you've only seen the slasher version, that's really the best version you're going to see. If you want to find the special edition Blu-ray, you can watch a slightly more complete version I don't think it changes the experience that much of the movie, so I wouldn't worry about it. I think the slasher version is fine. That being said, I fucking love this movie. Justin, what did you think of um, Blood Rage? It's hard to say. Like, okay, this is going to sound like I didn't like it, but this was a this was a perfectly fine movie. Um, I wouldn't say it was particularly bad. Uh, I thought it had a few, like, weirdly... Um, Weirdly out of place, solid performances, uh, acting wise. You know what I mean? It's like you don't often go to like a slasher film to expect these like uh, over the top performances, like in a good way. But I feel that the main character, you know, it's a set of twins played by one guy. I thought he did a really good job of giving each twin like distinct, pers- like believable personalities. I-, I was, I was buying that. But like I was telling Liam before we recorded. Uh, this movie takes its the, the the best parts of this movie are just um, cheap rehashes of Christmas Evil and Halloween, where we have someone escaping from an insane asylum for a murder they committed, and then we have someone whose entire murderous personality is triggered by their mother's sexuality. That in and of itself is sort of like, eh, that's... But it's been done before, and it's been done better. Uh, But even outside of that, I just... The whole idea of, like, a male child being, like, triggered by his wife, his his mother's sexuality, that just doesn't... I don't know. There's just something about that that doesn't really sit right with me. It seems, like, misogynistic in a way that I can't pin down. I guess. I mean, at some level, it is... uh, uh, Well, first of all, anything that's based on Freud is misogynistic let's just put that out there like yeah yeah freud sucked fuck you if you love him uh the reality is all his shit was wrong um i mean i think he had the roots of a lot of things that they were related to sexuality stuff or or whatever but his way of formatting that was always misogynistic because he was you know a chauvinist and that's just a fact and whenever he found something confusing he just tried to relate it back to stuff he already thought and he just wasn't you know he 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 had a couple of insights and then from there whatever so i think most modern psychology it builds off of him but it, it you know they've rejected certain things and this whole um the re- response to the mother's sexuality is not necessarily wrong that there are people who have adverse reactions to the realization of their parents sexual nature but the way that it's depicted here is clearly related to uh the pop versions of freud shit and the freud shit was already problematic so you know the pop uh uh uh, version is going to be that much worse so yeah at a base level sure 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 but for me 
I don't care. Um, because the whole thing is so fucking ridiculous. And it lets us get this other plot point, which is that this little kid was smart enough to frame his fucking brother. And the brother's been in the asylum for it ever since. Yeah. Gold. Goddamn gold. And especially since Ted, right, is the one who's not in the asylum, right? No, Terry. Terry, that's right, Terry. So Terry has been like fucking killing it. The idea that like up until now, he's actually been the man. No more murdering, no more fucking incidents. He's he's like the coolest. I mean, none of these people look like teenagers, you know, or or even I think they're supposed to be in college at this point. They don't even really look like college freshmen, like they're clearly in their 30s, but in theory, he's like a he's in college, he's the man, everyone loves him, he's the coolest. Um, and he's managed to keep his murdering down, right? Like, obviously, his his mom has dated other people, and it only there, there's two triggers here that bring back his murderous rage. One, she finally found someone she truly loves, and they're going to get married. And he, whew, he's not okay with that. I'll tell you what. Uh, but he doesn't quite fall over back into his murderous ways, really, until he finds out that Todd has escaped. And that's like his trigger, right? And um, I love how cornball that is for this movie. I think if this was, uh, let's take this same idea and put it in a very serious, very tense 90s sex thriller. Okay. I, I probably fucking hate that movie. I probably think that movie's stupid. But um, this is a movie where Terry licks the blood off a machete and says, well, it's not cranberry sauce. Ugh. I think we've basically established that any serious concerns anyone has about this plot need to be thrown out the fucking window because we're yeah. having fun here. This is a step above saturday the 14th you know what i mean this is not this is not halloween it is something else and for me from the moment our man ted Raimi is selling condoms in the bathroom i'm already in gold absolute gold (laughs) i'm already in at that point but when the kid chops a dude in the face who's telling him to fuck off because he's trying to have sex in his car chops him in the face with a hatchet at that moment, I'm like, ah, I'm in. This movie rules. It's it's great, and it never lets me go. the The gore is stupid, just over the top stupid. From from that moment forward, um, as you said, the guy who plays Terry and Todd is ridiculously solid. Like, yes, you really believe Terry does not give a fuck about other humans, and the 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 cruelty of that the his character is so cruel at its heart that actually accentuates for me the ridiculous humor of it all that like the the fact that the emotional like there are a few things that actually make this movie for me go over the top a little bit right beyond just it being a fun silly slasher one is his performance not just as terry the psychopath but as todd who's so sad Todd is so sad and it it 
makes it that much more painful. It's like a joke that you kind of want them to stop telling because it hurts a little bit. Yeah. But then we get to the mother and the mother losing her shit and eating the leftovers from Thanksgiving on the floor and then refusing to accept that Terry was the evil one and it's ending fucking- with him just being like, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. So the first time I saw this movie too, it helps that the first time I saw this movie was at Harathon in the middle of the night. <laughs> and my review of Harathon that year, because that was back when I'd write a full review for Harathon, the title of the review was just I'm Todd over and over again 20 times. <laughs> because I think that moment is magical. And I think this whole movie is just a slice of fun. Now, do I think you would enjoy this movie more if you watched it in an audience uh, on film who didn't know what was coming because this movie was not well known before then? Yeah, it's a magical moment. But even on rewatch, I've definitely found, and 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 I think if you're someone out there who's been hosting like virtual screenings, think about Blood Rage because I think if a lot of people still haven't seen it, and it's fun, it's a fun watch. Now, on this movie, we don't just talk about fun horror movies, and in fact, I would argue sometimes fun horror movies are very bad. You know, so you know, I have that column with Brian Christopher. We were talking about Freddy's Dead. Uh, Freddy's Dead is a crime against film. You know, it's just a true travesty. Just it's a really real, not good. It's just a real kick in the nuts. And and Brian's like, well, but it's fun. How can you not like it? It's fun. And I'm like, what? What is your definition of fun, my man? You know what I mean? Uh, Blood Rage for me is fun. And if someone wants to say, well, I don't like it because it doesn't take the genre seriously and it's not actually scary. I don't I'm not offended by that. But I just know when it comes to this movie, I'm in a different place. I like it. I like the fun of it. I like how useless all the friends are and how, I mean, this movie's made in Florida, right? Yes. I swear to God, they flew these guys in from New York, right? Like the way they talk. Hey, you know why we asked Terry what he fucking thinks, eh? I hey. think he'll figure it out. It's, it's, oh, it doesn't make any sense. So many things. The fact that this whole, that, uh, A, th- uh, this might be the first condo horror movie. Like, I can't think of a movie before this that's set entirely in a condo, a cheesy, stupid condo. That's where this is set. And every woman in this condo apparently is itching for dick. That's part of the subplot of this movie is it's Thanksgiving (laughs) night. Everybody wants to fuck. And Terry's just fucking up everybody's attempts to try to get their fuck on after dinner because he's just going to murder everyone. I kind of love that. I kind of thought that was great. You know, like, I don't know. There's just something about the ridiculous of this that really clicked for me. I think the only real weaknesses for this movie were like you had touched upon it earlier. How like, uh, let me find the actor's name so I don't keep calling him Terry and Todd. Uh, <laughs> Mark Soper, um, his performance as Terry is so chilling and believable as someone who is like not actually a member of the human race, like an actual psychopath that. The scenes where he's like, it's not cranberry sauce. You're just like, oh, fuck. Like, this, this that's not the line for this character. Like, it's. Oh, I disagree strongly. Ha- I, I just, I, okay. The garbage day line from Silent Night, <laughs> Deadly Night 2, that is perfect for that character. But when he's playing Terry so restrained and, 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 and like, not quite like Patrick Bateman-esque, but very like he could just be an asshole or he could be like a serial killer who just feels nothing. Uh, 
all the moments where there those little bits of like corny humor, I thought kind of like took it. Uh, they they made it like less. I don't want to say less scary, but less. Um, it, it 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 sort of it it kind of took me out of the uh, out of the experience. If that if 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 that makes any sense, I think it does. I think again, for me. I as much as I find his performance really strong, I think that the essence of Terry is that he's having fun. This is this is the whole point. This is why this is why I actually think it's believable when he's confused. I think he's legitimately confused that his love interest won't just let him murder her. Because this is this is all fun. We're having fun. This is fun. We're yeah. finally letting go. Todd's loose and my mom's getting married. So that means this whole thing where I wear a human mask and I just stare into the middle distance anytime I'm supposed to feel emotions, which by the way, that part works too when he's still trying to be human, but he just keeps staring off into the middle distance because he's it's like fucking weird. <laughs> but I think in that way, that's, I found those moments both funny in a, like I'm laughing at the movie way, but also not completely taking me out of the moment because I think the idea is that he thinks he's having fun. It's it'd be like going to uh, an amusement park with someone, right? And you're having fun on the ride, and and they're having fun on the ride, but you kind of suspect like the reason and the way that they're having fun is just somehow like essentially wrong. You know what I mean? He he thinks this whole cranberry sauce thing is great. Like he just thinks that's great. And that makes it more upsetting to me, even as I also think it's kind of great the way he says it, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. If, if the accusation here is that blood rage doesn't work as a movie that actually scare anyone, I believe that. I almost watched this with Susan, which uh, listeners, long time listeners of the show know my wife does not like being scared. And that's why horror business is a bit of a solo activity for me because, uh, because I can't get her to watch the scary movies with me, so I'm always doing it alone. This movie I almost made her watch with me because it is so over the top, and there's so little chance of anyone being actually scared that I thought she might love it. Um, maybe not, though. She might have hated it. I don't know. Um, so I don't think... I, I think, again, you know, I'm trying to... As much as I'm stating my opinion, I do want to keep in mind other perspectives. There are definitely people who actually like horror movies to be scary and don't like them to not be scary. I don't think this is for you. I don't think even the most sensitive, soft person could watch this and think, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that's a possibility. But I find it entertaining from top to bottom. Yeah, I can uh, just to go back on what you said about the I'm Todd scene, uh, where it's like that scene can be seen as like uh, absurd. But the scene, in, so I, I, spoilers, um, they're oh, identical we twins. Spo- like we Todd. can spoil this. Yeah. Todd and Terry are identical twins. The mother comes in. She doesn't know who's who. She shoots Terry. And there's this moment when she's, she's holding Todd and she's saying, like, it's just you and me. Like, he's dead. We finally got rid of him. You know, we don't have to worry anymore. And he's like, I love you, mom. And they're hugging. And it's this, like, <sighs> like vaguely uncomfortable moment because she's kind of drunk and their faces are kind of close and whatever. And then she calls him Terry. And then you realize, oh shit, she thinks she killed Todd. She thinks Todd did all this shit. Everyone else She thinks Todd did all this shit, yeah. 
and then Todd's sadness throughout this movie is like, oh, okay, no wonder. And then that's what he's, I'm Todd, I'm Todd. I just that ending was just such a like a a, a bummer in a in a good way. Like it was it was emotionally uh, eviscerated in a good way because it was it was cruel but not for cruelty's sake. It was cruel in a way that the rest of the movie had told us it might play out this way. And I'm okay right, with that. Right. But I I mean like I like you know I said at the top, I don't know if I like this movie, but I definitely didn't hate it and it definitely has a lot of shit going for it. More than I think a lot of like you could write this movie off as just like another like generic slasher movie but i i i don't necessarily think it is and at the very least i think it has potential to be something uh more than just another slasher movie yeah i think you know again this is where we because we talked about this before that um there are folks who like things because they're bad right and there's a certain ironic detachment right and there are different levels to that, right? So the person who's watching Total Recall and laughing, that's a person I don't want to, I don't want to know that person. You know what I mean? Like that's, Total Recall is not comedy. It's not a schlock film. It's like, you can not like it. That's fine if you don't like it. But to act like that's a fucking laugh riot watching something like Total Recall or whatever, you know, that's weird. I don't know about that. But, uh, did I laugh? And do I always laugh while watching Blood Rage? Oh, I definitely do. I yeah, definitely there's laugh. There's parts of it that are that are, that are laughable, sure. Yeah, and I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing. Now, I also don't know. I mean, I guess there's the tonal question too. Like, does Blood Rage know it's funny? But then I'm also like, does that even matter? I don't know. And and I think that for people who only can take horror at the level that it's like you're not laughing that like if you if you're laughing at it then the movie has failed you know that it's not doing what it's supposed to do i don't know that this movie works for for them i don't know if the movie works on a totally serious level you know what i no, mean no it, 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 it absolutely doesn't it, it absolutely um because like i said the the the, the the two driving points of this movie are just lesser versions of greater films. Right. Like the two right. main aspects. But I don't think that necessarily, um, in spite of that, and actually become like a solid, a solid, a solid slasher movie. Well, you know, on uh, Switchblade Sisters, April Wolf always talks about how, you know, it, it's fine if you're concerned about spoilers, but in reality, the way to judge a movie is not where it ends, but how it got there. You know, it's the process. That That's what the movie is. And knowing, I believe that. Knowing the ending, I, in some cases, I think it matters, but in certain cases, it doesn't. You can know the whole, you can know how it ends. And that's not the same thing as, as experiencing the movie. I think that matters with this film, because I think if you knew this movie on paper, right, and I didn't highlight the crazy bits, I just said, this is basically what the movie's about, and you know the whole plot, that might seem like a dumb movie, right? And you might be like, whatever, this is stupid. I think that the movie shines in how it actually executes all these things, and somehow manages to do that in a way that is so fucking over the top that even the most cliche, corny bits really work for me you know um, yeah and 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 you know even the parts that are somewhat asinine there are multiple times where terry just puts the machete behind his back <laughs> it's yeah. just behind his back 
but the whole thing is so ridiculous that I go with it, and it actually makes it more fun. Yeah, I mean, that, when that, he goes that, to kill his potential stepdad, and he chops his hand off, come on. Nothing about that is, like, real or scary, but, no. oh, man. That scene where he kills the one guy outside, um, the guy like that's smoking a joint, and he has the machete behind his back like he's fucking Daffy Duck and it's a mallet that he's about right. to smash. Right. You know what I mean? It's so cartoonish. And it, like if I saw that shit, I'd be like, uh, you're hiding something. And that makes me very nervous. <laughs> but he's Terry. Everybody loves Terry. It's yeah. also, again, I don't know if this is intentional, but it's unintentionally a real commentary on like uh, well-liked jocks. You know what I yes. mean? Like, which yeah. is what Terry is, because it turns out someone who's as well liked and uh, respected as Terry, they're obviously a psychopath. Like, there's something well, wrong no, with that's, it. That's 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 part of. If you, uh, I forget the name of the book, and I forget who wrote it. Maybe I'll find it. I'll put it in the the fucking on Twitter. A few years ago, there was that book that came out about um, the, the Columbine shooting, and it was like it basically destroyed all the myths that have existed about that shooting in the past 20 years the biggest uh, of which is that like um the, the 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 shooters were like these like nerd outcasts you know who were constantly picked on but then when you like they interviewed like kids at school and they were like no like uh what was the one kid um he was like the 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 the, the eric harris that kid like other kids looked up to him because he had like slept with a senior girl when he was a junior and they were like man he's the fucking man like everyone thought that guy was like super cool and well liked and meanwhile he's just like i can't wait to just fucking murder all these motherfuckers and it was just like i mean that's that's what i was saying earlier is like that that's how the that's the mask that this actor whose name right, i've already forgotten right. brings to this is like that's how actual uh psychopaths exist in our world they exist as like the ideal like good guy who everyone thinks is like oh he's an all right guy it's like yeah but when the mask slips he's gonna wear your fucking skin as a pelt well and i also think speaking of what we were talking about earlier like this uh um accusation that horror movies are essentially conservative affairs because they're weird about sex i think this movie is a perfect example of showing like you know part of terry being a psychopath is that he's very weird about sex and oh, that yeah. that's like what's motivating his whatever and so the idea that the people who made this are like i don't know terry has a point maybe we shouldn't be fucking so much is like clearly not the case at all like part of your horror at his existence is and he doesn't like to fuck like can you believe it like <laughs> this dude sucks like he could not be worse he doesn't do any drugs or drink and he doesn't like to fuck so basically terry's just ian mckay you know and instead yeah. of his brother being in faith void faith void faith you faith you motherfucker i always forget who cares point is instead of his brother being in void he sent his brother to a insane asylum but otherwise he's basically in mckay yeah or me because i don't do any of those things <laughs> either. but yeah i mean so whatever I, there's not a lot to say sort of in a depth plot wise here other than just like i think the idea that this is set in a condo is great that you know i don't think i can't think of another I haven't seen a horror movie earlier than this one that's set entirely in one sort of condo. I kind of like that aspect of it and the, how weird and artificial it feels. Um, 
I love the performances of some of these folks. And even the ones who I don't necessarily think they're great actors, no one is like annoying to me here. Like I like no, what no. everyone's bringing to the table. Uh, and, you know, this is a low budget film. And I feel like they really killed it on the gore. That the the gore in this movie, starting with the axe to the face, going throughout the mo- the rest of the movie, is really good. And, and I, you know, it's going to be up to you. I think most people will find this at least entertaining, even if they don't love it, they're, whatever. But you're going to have to ask yourself how you feel about the moments that are emotionally affecting. Yeah, you won't have to reach as far to enjoy this film as you will um, Blood Freak. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, Blood Freak is definitely a, a true... Uh, uh, joy for a certain kind of audience but this is something else i think this is a lot easier to approach and anyone who like likes something that's a little bit campy this is a little bit campy you know it's not yes. it's not totally tongue-in-cheek but there's just something here where you you have to believe the people who made this film were having a fucking great time on set oh yeah yeah absolutely so and it's set during thanksgiving as far as i know the only good Thanksgiving horror movie? I don't know. They're, they're, we'll have to check out some of the other ones next year and see if there's anything else good. But as yeah. of right now, I'm declaring it the good Thanksgiving horror movie. So it has been written, so shall it pass. <laughs> All right. That's episode 90. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our sponsors, LVAC and Essex Coffee. You can head to www.xlvacx.com and www.essexcoffeeroaster singular i think it's plural plural.com essex coffee roasters plural.com not god damn it (laughs) it's hard y'all because we we know aaron and aaron is the primary mover of this thing and so it's hard to think of it as plural but yeah it wouldn't be it would doesn't make sense as a company name to be roaster so it's roasters yeah so uh, if you want to donate to our if you want to be if you're interested in becoming a patron uh, www.patreon.com backslash cinepunks we would greatly appreciate that um, I think we're coming up on the time of year where we would like to hear your top 10 of the year top 10 horror movies of the year so uh, get that get at us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever uh, they are both the horror biz with a Z 666 um, you can head to cinepunks.com for more episodes of this podcast and more episodes of fucking a bunch of other great podcasts, including Liam's uh, Cinepunks, Black Sun Dispatches, Fat Girl Hacks, Tomb of Ideas, whole bunch of shit. And uh, Liam, what's the uh, what's our store where you can buy some cool swag? Oh, cinepunks.bigcartel.com. And how? What? what what's rough cut? Oh, man, look at you giving me all these uh, segues. I appreciate that. So uh, for those few of you who might not know, uh, I co-run a T-shirt company with our friend Justin Miller called uh, Rough Cut, and we have done a bunch of cool drops lately that you might be interested in, including a uh, Black Sunday design that's up right now. Uh, And We have more stuff coming soon, so uh, head over to uh, roughcutshirts.com. I think that's right, Rough Cut Shirts. Uh, or yep. f- find us on Instagram uh, at uh, Rough Cut Tees, uh, or Rough Cut Fan Club, rather, uh, and check it out. We have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we have where I'm about to put up our Video Nasties tri- triple feature, which is Absurd, uh, The Burning, and a shirt that's specifically the Video Nasties. I'm about to put that up. So uh, if you get a chance, go check it out. And if you're on iTunes, just be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. And 
until next time, um, fuck Dean Browning. And if you don't know who that is, Google it. You will not be let down. <laughs> Sounds good. Peace. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!